You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 75 of PlayStation Unchained. I'm your co-host, Mike Harridance, and joining me once again is my partner in crime, Ben Shillabir-Hall. What's up, Ben? Not too bad, and how have you been? It's been a while since we chatted. Yeah, it has. I wasn't on last week's show. Um, you took the reins there. I'm good, though, man. It's, uh, not much to report on, really. Same old. Still um, still pumping iron. Um, I had to think about that for a sec for some reason. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Say that again? More strip clubs last week. Oh no 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 strip clubs no it's just my mate coming around for a um, weekend of gaming and stuff. Um, sure, that, that's what they all that, say nowadays. Uh, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> usually him playing watchdogs and me sitting there watching. So there we go. Not exactly fun, but whatever. Sounds, uh, sounds <laughs> like fun for Stephen though. I mean, watching dogs. What? <laughs> oh, don't go there. Um, cool. It's good to uh, yeah. It's good to be on the show again with you, Ben. Uh, we also have our regular Neil Bolt. How's it going, Neil? Hello. Yeah, I'm. Wonderfully refreshed from a week at Butlins. So, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. How, um, apart from Butlins, how are you doing? How's things going? Yeah, pretty good. Other than that, that's, that's pretty much consumed my week. So, it's uh, being a good old fashioned <laughs> British you know, holiday maker was uh, quite nice for a change. So, yeah, but, yeah it's been quiet really. Other than that, just decorating and bits and bobs, but gaming wise, pretty weak <laughs> really this week. Oh, okay, fair play. And uh, joining us is Gary. Gary, how's it going? Oh, it's pretty good, Mike. Nice for nice to be back. Thanks for having me. It's all right, man. We moved uh, we moved to Sunday so we could um, accommodate you, shall we say? Because um, you haven't been on for a while, have you? Oh uh, no, I have not. And I feel I feel happy about this. Thank you. Yes, so uh, nice. It's no problem, and it's good to have you on. And that's not actually all, guys. We have a five-man show today, because I'm proud to say that joining us at long last, thanks to me procrastinating, but there we go, we have Robert Zwetslut, our ex-PSU staff member and all-around awesome guy and friend of mine since 2007. What's up, Rob? Senpai has noticed you. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Rob. Hello, Mike. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you doing, man? It's very good to talk to you again. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm relaxed. It's been a good weekend. Got a week off until... uh... MCM Expo or Comic Con, whatever you want to call it, the I guess it's the biggest UK kind of fan convention thing going on. Um, and nice. so that's next weekend in London, uh, and I'm getting ready for that with a new costume. And uh, yeah, kind of fun to be back on a podcast. A podcast is always great. Podcasting is fun, especially with you guys. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yes, awesome. <laughs> and um, yeah, it has been a while. And um, Rob, if you don't mind, if you would be so bold, it's just to remind our audience what it is you do for a living. <laughs> Uh, dear listener, dear Kohai, <laughs> Senpai is here, Senpai is noticing you. Senpai used to work for PSU many years ago. Um, I uh, was a freelancer there. I left to work for a very boring but also very good Linux magazine, which I still write for. I am currently the features editor, so I'll edit all your features. And uh, yeah, I also, in my spare time, do random silly cosplay videos and skits while also cosplaying and shout a lot of random crap on twitter i guess as well so uh, <laughs> and you're m bison yeah. in your space and I'm, I'm m bison i am <laughs> the actual m bison i've you know of course yes this is delicious etc so yeah so you see we're all going to get paid in bison dollars at the end of yes 
unfortunately, they're not worth the paper they're printed on. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> on the contrary, every bison dollar, <laughs> yeah, every bison dollar is worth five British pounds. So that's the going rate for Bank of England will have to agree to yeah. once I kidnap their queen. I wonder how PS- <laughs> how uh, Sony will uh, translate uh, uh, the PSN stuff to bison dollars in Shadowloo. Will they just go for a straight thing, or will they just like times it by six? You're not even five, you know. Uh. <laughs> well, Sony, they'll probably just change it as it is. Leave the price yeah. twelve pound, yeah. twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, I mean, you get an extra discount in in uh, Shadowloo. Yeah, so, Shadowloo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's been great. It's great to have you on, on the show again. We will, um, we will definitely make this more of a regular thing when you have time and everything. So, yes. um, oh, and that includes other guests as well. We will do our best to have some more people on. There's probably a bunch of guys who I'm sure that the rest of you guys like to have on friends, ex co-workers, whatever, family. Who cares? Yep. Okay, guys, well, let's jump into the news, shall we? This, we're starting off on maybe a length. We're going to run down some main stories. Uh, Can actually... I just take a quick thing? I'm looking at your uh, News of the Week page. Yeah. Uh, and you've got a Halo 5 advert on there, and it's making me giggle because you're a PlayStation website. <laughs> <laughs> we must suffer for our sins. We had a yeah. advertisement at one point, I think. I have a Splatoon's awesome, though, isn't it? So, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. It didn't That's, um... soft. Yeah. Well, every, everyone has every console these days, so you know it's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's um. Yeah. That, unfor- that unfortunately, uh, those kind of things. Um. Uh, yeah. That happens. That's all I can say. I, I wish Stephen was here to explain the ins and outs because I'm sure. Oh, I, I, I understand the ins and outs yeah. properly. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's quite funny, but anyway, it is funny. It's actually that's quite good. <laughs> if you've got any other impromptu things like, that, <laughs> be sure to shout. Out. Okay, guys. Well, this uh, this first um, story actually involves Xbox One as well. Uh, mm. PS4 and Xbox One, eight gigabyte memory is enough to last this generation. Says X Naughty dog developer um yes this is uh john habel used to work uh for the dogs the naughty dogs who of course made the uncharted franchise blah 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 blah. uh speaking with game and bolt uh habel suggests that consoles are packing more than enough technical muscle under the hood this cycle to ensure they are not outdated in a few years time i have a quote here which i will read he says in general i would not worry about the consoles becoming outdated remember the ps3 and xbox 360 only have 512 megabyte of ram but the pc ah. versions of yeah <laughs> pc versions of the same games usually require two gigabytes or more on consoles you have more control over memory accolade allocations the eight gigabyte of ram in both the xbox one and ps4 should be plenty for the remainder yeah. of this console generation there so it's probably a good thing you've got a tech journalist on the uh, Yes, it is. <laughs> Go to uh, you first, Rob, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you finished the quote, or did I just... Uh, no, 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 no. That, that, that's pretty much the main... Right. That's okay, the main. so he's absolutely 100% correct. And even better, the RAM that they have in... Uh, especially in the PS4, it's uh, GDDR RAM, so it's like uh, better RAM suited for uh, video game stuff. It, it clocks faster, so you get a better read rate out of it. Um, 8 gigabyte is roughly what you need for all games right now on PC. Um, and as he's, and he's 100% correct, um, every single dev I've spoken to over you know, the past six, seven, eight years, however long I've been doing this, has always told me that when developing for the consoles, because you're only developing for one hardware set, you uh, can better optimize for this hardware. Therefore, having 8 gigabytes on both PS4 and Xbox One is perfect and lasting you know, the next, how long have they been out now? Like a, a year and a half? So yeah, they've got yeah, like yeah. another four years to go. Yeah. That's perfectly enough. And yeah, when oh, the 512 megabytes on the PS3 and and the Xbox 360, and the PS3 was even worse because it had like this weird split between two two yeah, 256 uh, megabyte things. 256 megabyte of VRAM and 256 yeah. of something else. One was slower than the other as well, which didn't help. Yeah, and I mean, they worked around that. You know, we had some lovely looking games that generation, but uh, having this extra bit of oomph 
is uh, going to be fantastic. You know, we're not going to have the same kind of um, uh, kind of plateauing like we did last generation of graphics, which we're just going to be able to, um, you know, by the end of the last generation, like PC games were actually being limited because um, of the, their console counterparts, because, you know, they were developing it for the console first. And you know, then porting it to the PC, and it kind of like well, I had Batman Arkham City, and it looked like the next generation game on PC, and like a previous generation game on the PS3 and 360. Um, uh, but we were not going to have that kind of thing uh, on this generation of consoles. Not not just yet. Like maybe if if they stretch out another seven years, it might start getting a little bit more PC heavy by the end of it. But it's not going to be anywhere near like it was last generation. Uh, well, thank I, you for I, that. Can I jump in now? <laughs> Yeah, go for it, go for it. I was going to say just thank you, Professor. With the, uh, CPU, though, with the PS4, it's not an Xbox One. Don't have, aren't that powerful as it is anyway, so I can see that being the main limiting factor in the future. Um, uh, it's still all right. Um, they've, they've got beefy GPU yeah. hardware, which is more important for them. But as we were saying, because they can... Yeah. But you're right, they'll like, be less limiting from the RAM. It'll be more from the other resources area of it. Um... But uh, as, as they said, um, you know, it's, they can better optimize for that for the hardware anyway because it's console. So, well, yeah, yeah, especially as it's more PC like now than ever, they can just literally downgrade it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's easier than it was, but yeah, it's, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet, um, Neil. Um, do you have anything to add to that at all? Yeah, just it'll be good. They can keep up for that long, and as I said, not plateauing will be a nice part of that. But also, that they might be able to keep on level gameplay wise and you know, branch out. What they can do with the games in that form as well, and hopefully, yeah. make them a better all-round experience. You know, not have to compensate having great graphics by making a shallower game as the generation goes on. And yeah, which I think you know is going to start seeping through a bit more in the next couple of years. So yeah, it's all good. All good and good. <clears throat> console, yeah, console players generally aren't going to care as much as PC players about the limitations, but. So, yeah, it's more than enough, as you said. So. Wicked. Cool. Thanks for that. And finally, Gary, do you have anything to add to that? Um, not necessarily. I think you guys touched on everything. I mean, all I can really say is um, I don't think, think it really matters uh, simply because the games, the developers are always going to kind of make sure all, their, all the game is going to be even or as close to even as it possibly can on on all three, you know, mm-hmm. Xbox One, PS4, and PC. So, if anything, well, you can say the console may hold games back, but technically, unless it's graphical, it's not really going to make much of a difference. You can look at a game like The Witcher 3 that's coming out on Tuesday, and yeah, the PC version looks a little bit better, but other than that, it, it's pretty much the same game. And developers are always going to look at that there's really no reason for them to make a game that's so powerful on the pc that can't be run on the console because most of their money is going to come from the console these days anyway yep it's true yeah. cool cheers guys okay i'm uh, moving on guys oh i've been waiting for this one <laughs> i mean it's assassin's creed the new assassin's creed assassin's creed syndicate has been announced and yes as it was um confirmed because it was leaked way back in i think it was december uh, originally known as Assassin's Creed Victory, then uh, it's set in London in the year 1868, I believe. Oh, 1868. Okay, cool. Yeah, 1868. So, um, Queen, uh, sort of early Queen Victoria reign there. Yeah, uh, uh, Tower of London not even being built just yet. Yeah, uh, uh, sorry, um, London. 
Tower Bridge is what I mean. Sorry. Yeah, ta- yeah, Tower of London. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that was there for quite a few um, yeah. centuries. Yeah, uh, Big Ben more, most importantly will be there because that, that was actually just recently constructed. Just recently constructed. Yeah, the House of Parliament. So yeah, 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 definitely. So that's great. Um, that was actually featured in one of the um, early leaks, um, early screenshots. So that's cool. Uh, in terms of uh, pre-orders, um, you'll be if you put your money down, you'll get the Darwin and Dickens Conspiracy DLC. I think it's worth mentioning. The game itself is out on October twenty. Third this year for PS4, PC, and Xbox One. Uh, the uh, the main protagonist is called Jacob, and he has a sister as well. Who you'll be able to play as, I believe. Uh, Evie. Evie. Yes, we have a new. Uh, there's a new. Tra- there's a trailer as well, guys. So if you just want to do a quick search for Assassin's Creed Syndicate on PSU, you can view the uh, check out the uh, announcement story and view the trailer there. Um, I'm ecstatic about this. Yeah. Uh, I've been wa- ecstatic. I've been um, wanting to have a, an Assassin's Creed game set in London uh, for a long time now. So this is great. I've already oh, there's going to be groans at this. I've already pre-ordered my uh, Big Ben edition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I do. Chili edition one. Yeah, I've. Um, <laughs> there's um, yeah, there's they've once again they've gone overboard. There's four different types of versions. You know, obviously the most expensive one, which I've got, has everything and it goes right down to basically a special case and some dlc and everything else in between so i've obviously gone the, mo- uh, the most expensive route as usual um so I, I you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i still love these games i'm really really hoping they do uh a better job of um as i think i'm sure everyone will say the same thing it uh, kind of uh checking the game uh like but a bug checking it should i say before release because uh as you may remember, Assassin's Creed Unity was um, chock full of problems, and yep. some would say still is, uh, depending on the console at least. So I really, really do hope that's not going to let it down. But yeah, I am looking forward to this game a lot. And I, I actually did a feature around Christmas about some uh, specific um, historical figures and events that should be in it. And I really, really do hope they do have something on Jack the Ripper. I'm not quite sure what time... Of, in the 1800s he was I, I can't later than the 60s he was yeah he was a bit later yeah so but this is assassin's creed they do cut corners so who knows yeah. but <laughs> it would be kind of cool if they put spring hill jack in there though that'd be great because that yeah, kind of fits. 1888 uh, is the uh, time for that however as we all know the assassin's creed games usually last but, yes exactly years, so, yeah, yeah they move forward i mean it's, uh, assassin's creed 2 was over like 20 years or something, something like that yeah yeah so yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping that will happen anyway enough about me um <laughs> uh, let's go to neil first um neil uh what do you think of this yeah i'm pretty stoked I've, i mean unity's grown on me the more i played it and cool. as i didn't play it during launch time so that was definitely beneficial um, yeah, I think they could get around some of the things that aren't around by using the same trick they used in Unity of uh, little flash forwards with pockets and time. <clears throat> you know, like the you know the Statue of Liberty and the Eiffel Tower being built in these little pockets of time they had. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say they'd probably do that again. As I was saying to Ben not long ago, I think they'll branch out on that a bit more and have bigger and bigger sections that take place at a completely different time period but in the same city that would be pretty just, cool uh, they used it enough i think in unity that i think it will be a more major thing going forward uh, the potential's there uh, the only slack i can really cut that game is that that it's uh, the first you know full fat this generation ubisoft game and yeah it had problems but hopefully they've learned from that you know, I know it's not the exact same team this time around, but uh, it's all the hope in the world that they can do better with it this time, with a bit more experience on the machines. 
and but about well, it'll still be buggy as anything because the series just is mm. a lot of the time and because problem open world games like that it, you tend to have the problem the thing i'd really like them to improve this time around is probably the combat because unity's combat was very weak even compared to black flags so i so far found black flags combat a lot more satisfying uh, yeah hope i'm yeah that's the great thing about it i'm actually a bit more interested in the series again having had a little break from it for a while so yeah, it's uh, and being london as you said in that era it's uh, the best sort of time yeah i agree with you there definitely um ben uh since uh neil mentioned you actually you were talking about it to him uh, what do you think about this I'll be giving it a miss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Assassin's Creed as it is anyway, so... Oh, you were, oh, you weren't joking. I thought you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline. <laughs> uh, uh, it looks good. Yeah. But uh, if it had uh, co-op, I might have bought it. Oh, yeah, that's important. I should have actually mentioned there's absolutely no multiplayer in this at all, and I think that includes co-op as well. Yeah. Boo. Boo. No, it's a blessing. It's actually a blessing. Because well, Assassin's Creed 2 is my favourite because it was what it was. It was single player. It was yeah. focused. That and Brotherhood, they're tied for me. I can't decide but between them. This game is pretty much perfect for co-op because there's two playable characters that you can switch between. Yeah, but it'd be more the GTA thing. And from what I've heard, you know, the, the female character isn't really implemented all that well already. Well, so. perfect. Great. <laughs> more, <laughs> sounds more like a character skin, yeah, uh, basically you changing just the skin. It's more like most co-op games. <laughs> yeah. oh, there's dear. the main character and there's random guy, soldier man that doesn't really I don't know, have there's, there's, cutscenes. There's games like that. I found it with Dying Light this year that you had that problem where in single player it had a lot more of the tension, a lot more of the panic because you were on your own. You had no one to help you out. The minute you went into cop, it was just like jackass, effectively. It was, you know, you just try your, all you could to you know, dick on each other and do stupid stuff. Like that. And you just lost all the atmosphere. It kills what you're going for. And I think certain things you can't do, especially in a series that is starting to levitate back towards stealth. Mm. You know, it's like more than one person in a stealth game is a mess. It's like in Unity, it's a mess if you play with anyone in co-op because people don't. It's, they just jump in, going all oh, guns blazing, and then wonder why it all goes wrong. Do that single player Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, but at least it's just me causing the mess. You know, I, I <laughs> so, played the co-op missions in Unity and then just stopped playing it. So no co-op, no buy from me. That's what I said. You know, dying light. I put fifty hours into it on my own, and yet the minute I start playing with people, I got I just didn't really want to know anymore. Cause... You need to get some friends to play with. <laughs> yeah, <you need laughs> well, I have those, friends. but <laughs> friends. 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 The, the modern ailment of the games reviewer being, you know, if you've got a game before everyone else, you've usually done most of it before they get a hold of it. And then, uh, as I did in that case, and so they were all like, "We're all just starting," and I'm like, "Yeah, I've already put about forty hours in." And, so, oh dear! You know, always talk of Unity. Um, I really need to start playing that again. I've got it on the um, desk behind me. Uh, uh, Gary, um, quickly, um, how about you? Um, uh, I'm excited of the time period they're going to. Yeah. Um, it was one of the two that I really wanted them to go that in feudal Japan. Um, I, I would have been more excited for it four years ago, though. Um, oh, that right. day, 
back when they released their uh, their big poll and they asked like, where do you guys want Assassin's Creed to go next? And Feudal Japan and Victorian London were the number one and number two spots. And instead, yeah. we got Colonial America and the Caribbean Islands <laughs> <laughs> and Revolution France. Three locations that didn't even pop the top ten, from what I remember. Um, and now they're finally going to Victorian London. And I'm sorry, at this point, I'm I'm just not impressed with Assassin's Creed anymore. And as much as I want to play the Victorian London one, I'll probably miss it as well. Um, <gasps> I wasn't... <clears throat> I wasn't too impressed with impressed with the with the gameplay demonstration they showed off, either um, from from the trailer that I saw. But that's just me. I don't know about you guys. Like you guys live like in the UK, but to me it seemed like one Victorian London was way too open from everything I've seen of that time period of London. I don't know about how it is there in real life. How do you mean? Well, like when he's riding the carriages, like the streets are so huge and wide. Yeah. Um, from everything I've seen, uh, from like old movies and pictures and stuff like that, um, they didn't look like they were that wide. Well, it looks like a shite old. So old movies bad. and pictures and sets are, are are from like you know uh, like a soundstage in Hollywood somewhere where they don't have enough space to properly recreate London. So. No, well, that's yeah. why I was asking you yeah. guys like how how wide and big are yeah. the actual streets? It, it, Central but, London's got some properly wide streets, mate. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it depends where you go, Gary. There are some really, there are some like really tight kind of um, uh, alleys and roads and stuff, but it is pretty quite expansive. Um, I went on I went on a duck boat tour a few weeks ago. It's <laughs> quite eye opening, uh, quack quack, which was really quite good. Um, yeah, it's 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 a quite an amazing. It is pretty. It's a big place. You know, it's quite quite open. Yeah. You've got to remember that in late Victorian area, they're becoming a lot more industrialized and yeah. kind of yeah. in the way where they want people to kind of be in there and move around London streets. So they've kind of just make sure the roads are quite nice and big. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Rob, did you have anything else to add about Assassin's Creed Syndicate? Uh, so, you mean you sort of, um, bantered a bit, um, at the beginning there? Did I? Okay. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, I- I'm still way behind. Um, I'm halfway through Assassin's Creed three. I got a-, a release and I just haven't really got around to playing all of it. I do want to finish it. Yep. I haven't got to a point where I don't like it yet. Um, and then I <laughs> want to do a-, a catch up. Um, but I'm just definitely interested in playing it. Um, I like how they've, uh, tried to figure out a way to kind of make up for you know, Victorian London, not having an-, a- an amazing amount of kind of high roofy places to do free running along, um, with their, whatever rocket launcher, whatever it was called. Um, it's nice that they're adding a. <clears throat> it's typical Ubisoft. They have to have a gruff white male um, protagonist, but to try mm. and appease it, ev- uh, everyone else, they're like, "Oh, well, he's got a sister you can play with as well." Um, so uh, yeah, hopefully she's not just use her for a couple of times and she's a bit shit. Um, yeah, so, it yeah. does. Mm-hmm. It does um, unfortunately sound like it's you know, an apology for saying what they did about unity but they, yeah. you know, we couldn't you know, make females and they're like one of the biggest studios in the world they can easily easily do it but anyway um what was i gonna say i'm gonna refute like i love the multiplayer in assassin's creed uh, brotherhood was probably one of my favorite assassin's creed now multiplayer in it i don't think it took yeah. away from it at all um the revelations multiplayer i me and my friends sunk about 100 hours into because we were just that obsessed with it it was that good mm. um I haven't actually properly played, you know, Unity anyway, so I haven't played any of that. I'll be sad that it's gone, um, although by the time I get it at this rate, I don't think any of my <laughs> friends will still be playing it. All the servers will still be on, so can't really lament it. But, you know, the multiplayer in Assassin's Creed has always been... Uh, it's not well set up for... 
any pro stuff, which is why it never become, became popular, uh, because you have to do through Ubisoft servers, and you know if those go down, then that's it forever. Yeah. Um, but I think they're generally under underrated because um, they have been really fun. Uh, um, they're probably one of the more inventive. Yeah, demo to the last decade or so. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, even I. I just I like things being set in London. I think it's quite cool when they are. I mean, maybe it's just because we don't get much love for it in like global mainstream media stuff. Um, I've borrowed Zombie U from a friend. I haven't got round to playing it yet, but the, my main interest in that is playing yeah, in London. Setting. So yeah, nice. and I enjoyed the you know like couple of hours in London in Uncharted, Uncharted Three. So um, oh yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, that pub fight was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> great. I, I like running off the rooftops and turning left, and you get to see. Uh, the Thames and uh, like uh, St Paul's and stuff was quite nice as well um, yeah. from the South Bank. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 there was a massive negative reaction on my feeds to it when it first announced. Uh, and I have this theory about Assassin's Creed games called the inverse hype theory, where every single Assassin's Creed game, the kind of interest in the game leading up to it is the inverse of how it will review. So yeah. everyone was really excited for Assassin's Creed 3 and, it, and everyone hated it. Uh, people like this is Creed Brotherhood. What would we mean they're doing another FCO on? This is going to be bad. What? Oh, that's going to be terrible. And again, one of the best games, um, you know, in the Assassin's Creed series. Uh, and now everyone's hating it so far. It probably means it's going to be a good one, but uh, yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll have to wait until actually people play it a bit at E3 and uh, if they're going to take any of the reactions into account. You know, they've still got nine months to get out the door, so or six months even. So you know, they could change it a bit. So yeah, interesting yeah. to see how it, how it pans out in the end. Cool. Cheers, guys. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm looking forward to that very much, as I said. Um, I'm disappointed no one else is getting the Big Ben edition, but there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I say you get from Ant uh, Summers. Yeah. <laughs> what do we call it again, isn't it? Or in the... Uh, Kevin, I think it is? Oh, yeah, Kevin. That's because he yeah. buys everything. Yeah. In every, yeah, he just hoovers up every single collector's edition ever, ever known to man. So, yeah. God knows how he affords it all, but there we go. Um, just a quick one here. We, we won't need to comment on this. I just want to quickly... Uh, 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 Tom Clancy's The Division is um, coming out between January and March of next year. Uh, so that's got a release window. Um, on to the next one. This is, again, uh, I picked this one actually, uh, especially for you, Rob, because it is quite a technical one. And it? Plus, it's quite an interesting topic as well. It's on <laughs> uh, Again, it's from Naughty Dog. This was during an interview with Games TM. All uh, oh, right, so basically my company, yeah. Yeah, Uncharted 4's uh, lead designer, Ricky, uh, Ricky Cambia, said that uh, he's uh, speaking about um, in terms of the graphical evolution. Uh, that we see. He says it's, he finds it difficult to believe that PS4 games will experience a kind of uh, evolution similar to Uncharted 1 and The Last of Us. I've got a quote here, which I will read out, and then we'll see what you guys have to say. Uh, he says... Uh, there were a few new titles like Killzone Shadowfall that were pretty damn impressive looking for a launch title. But Order 1886 is one of the best looking games I've seen on any system ever too. But what's exciting is that we're really a, we're in still in early days with PS4. If you look at the first Uncharted and how that looked versus how The Last of Us looked, I have difficulty fathoming that we'll have that kind of graphical leap in the next several years. The reality is we probably will as we learn, to the, learn the systems better. So it's all up from here and that's exciting. Um, so, Rob, I think I'll go over to you quickly. Um, what do you make of that uh, particular quote? Are we likely to see that bigger sort of, um, like, from now PS4 into maybe five or six years' time? How are things likely to evolve? Is it going to be as big? It's what uh, I, I would the term I, I'd use is um, diminishing returns because we're getting so uh, you know advanced with what you know these consoles can do these days that yeah. 
even if perhaps the games looked, you know, oh, yeah, they got 20% more polygons than they did in, um, uh, and the shaders slightly better than they were like when the game launched. They already look so good that it yeah. would be difficult to tell the difference. And I think to get to the next kind of evolution of graphics to be ridiculously, like, you know, photorealistic sort of thing. I mean, they're looking pretty great now, obviously, but if they got to just, you know, that kind of extra level, it would need an, an extra amount of hardware jump. Um, not to say that it couldn't happen, that there could be some noticeable differences, but I, I think he's right. I think um, we're not going to see as big a jump from, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Halo to Halo 2 jump or the, uh, 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 the Resistance 1 to uh, Last of Us jump that we did in the last generation or the previous generation, you know. Um, so yeah. it's, you know, I'm sure the games will be looking better in a few years' time. Um, but considering that the amount of studios having trouble getting out bloody new games these days anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully, you know, we'll have enough games released, enough uh, iteration that they actually can increase over the next few years. So, yeah. No, I think he's perfectly right. And uh, Dom, uh, the guy interviewed him, uh, he, uh, you know, apparently, like he was saying, oh, you know, the guy is really knows what he's talking about. So uh, I would really trust what he's saying. Awesome, man. Cheers. Uh Ben, how about you? Any comments on that? I, I kind of agree with Rob. I don't think we'll see a huge jump in graphics from this till the end of this generation. Mm. We'll see like little changes. We might notice a bit, of, you know, here and there, but I don't think we'll see big jumps like we did last time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Like you said, the games are just looking so good now. I mean, when you look at um, Uncharted Four and how good that's looking, I mean, that's um, the first Uncharted game of this generation. I mean, imagine what Naughty Dog could, um, you know, even so, people like Naughty Dog, obviously the ones like pushing the boundaries and stuff. I think if there's, yeah. um, their pro- whatever they come out with, like towards the end, if, you know, you do a side, you know, a sort of a comparison and say, hey, this is what we did early on, this is what we did now, you'll be able to see some improvements, but it won't be like looking at Nathan Drake in Uncharted 1 to Joel in The Last of Us, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Neil? Also, the... the, the- the um, title for this article was "Can Drake Save Next Gen?" and like it caused an up- <laughs> and it was caused an uproar on Twitter. Like, don't just do such stupid headlines. And like, uh, <laughs> I-, I-, I can tell you the cover meetings now, where like the MD of the company is going, "Yes, we need to have that on the cover. We need to let people know that this Drake is going to save this generation of consoles because he doesn't actually play games these days." So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> oh, that, that was quite a cool title. Very cool. That's what that's what caught my attention. <laughs> so it worked. Um, uh, Neil, you just come back. Did you hear any of that at all? Yeah, and I think the thing you'll see mainly is that this generation will be, you know, the gameplay-wise, you'll be able to branch out, like I said before. Yeah. And that's what you'll use them for, and that's where you can evolve. But, yeah, I mean, early signs haven't been promising so far. You know, a lot of cookie-cutter things on the higher end of the market. But, yeah, there's that gap between indie and AAA gets smaller over the years you will get more inventive games that push the gameplay all over again and try new things of more expansive stuff and they'll be able to achieve you know, these graphics easily that we already have and i mean the biggest thing about the orders graphics that we know is that you can see why it looks so good because everything behind it is so limited and so but what we're hoping in the future is that you'll have a game as, you know, gameplay-wise, uncharted and better, maybe more Last of Us in that sense. Yeah, that matches that um, that graphical oomph. Sweet. Um, finally, um, Gary, what does the KGB think? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I kind of have, ha- ha- have to agree. I don't think graphically we'll see a very massive improvement. Um, it's kind of like a question we've always been asking ever since the PS1 came out, and we saw like, oh, look at this cool CG cutscene. I can't wait until my games look like that. And then here comes the PS2, and they do look like that, and then the CG gets better and yeah. better. And, <laughs> and now you look like, again, The Witcher 3, and they released that um, launch trailer cinematic the cinematic launch trailer and you're like, wow. And the game doesn't even look that good. The game looks incredible as it is, but compared to that trailer, it's not even close. And it's just one of those questions where you're always going to keep asking it and eventually we'll get there. But the, the quality of the CG is always going to be better as well. Um, But for this generation, I think it's, it's mostly going to be, about how good you can and how realistic you can make your environment to look like, oh, does the tree move realistically? And mm-hmm. for me, I think this generation is going to be more about how great the particle effects are, how big the worlds are and all that. I don't think graphically it's not going to be like, you know, Call of Duty moving up graphically to a like Crisis 3 quality. It's not going to be something that drastic this generation. Yeah. yeah. Just me up building depth to the world with the extra power that they have. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be like adding the small details, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, but let's hope that out. studios don't just concentrate on that because you know it's fun, but also it's, the games are more than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, moving on now. Uh, this, again, we'll just do a quick shout out for this. Uh, the Ratchet and Clank reboot has been pushed to 2016. I believe that's because the movie has also been delayed. Um, I, someone back me up on that about the movie. I think the movie was on schedule, wasn't it? I'm, I'm sure I read that the uh, movie had been pushed back somewhere. Even, well, even if it hasn't, the game has now been delayed. I think it was always scheduled for a 2016 release, the movie was. Was it? I could have sworn it was this year. Hmm. Oh, well. Oh, well, either way, you won't be able to pick up the Ratchet and Clay reboot until next year. Um, this next story, this was quite a shot when I read it. Uh, this was by Carl Prowl on May 14th. Uh, Xbox One beats PS4 in April 2015 NPD results. Wow, that's a shocker. Um, surprising many, Xbox One beat PlayStation 4 in hardware sales last month. Uh, PS4 has seen more units sold in the majority of months since, it, since the eighth console generation got its start, but Microsoft looks to be shifting momentum as we move closer to E3, Carl writes. This is a surprising development as few notable releases or market disruptions occurred mm-hmm. in April to have shifted the needle. Uh, cumulative hardware sales still put PS4 in a comfortable lead with about 20 million units sold to Xbox 12, Xbox 12? Xbox One's 12 million. <laughs> well, um, PlayStation also led software sales in April. Um, Sony also issued a brief comment on it, which I may as well read out. Uh, we would like to thank fans around the world for their continued support of the PS4. Um, according to NPD, NPD, PlayStation continues to leave software sales for April 2015, and PS4 remains the cumulative sales leader in the US. We are looking forward to an amazing E3. Uh, in the case anyone was wanted to know, the top-selling game last month was Mortal Kombat X on PS4, right. Xbox One, uh, followed by GTA V, Battlefield Hardline, NBL 15, the show, and Minecraft. That's the top five. Um, God, like, the fact that Sony had to, felt that they needed to put out a press release because of that, that's quite incredible. So, uh, <laughs> it's weird. Well, they do that every month, don't they? They always comment on something. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, they, every, if it's wherever it, they've been outsold or whether they've beaten them, they, they, always, give, uh, they always give some kind of spiel there. Uh, uh, let's start with Gary, actually. Now, Gary, you've always been towards the back end. Um, let's, uh, what do you think about this? Oh, it is very surprising. I mean, mm. it, it comes in a month, a month where... Microsoft really doesn't have anything coming out exclusively on their console, and Sony just released Bloodborne. Um, 
but yeah, like to me, I don't know what, what, what drove it. Maybe it's too many people already have a PS4, so it's time to buy an Xbox One. I don't really know what. Uh, were there any deals out there at all? Any uh, like any deals from uh, the Xbox One? I think the question is when isn't there a deal on the Xbox? Yeah, One? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's um, Gary. Um, you, you mentioned about Bloodborne there. I just uh, I just looked down. It's interesting that Bloodborne um, isn't in the top ten uh, software charts for April at all, which is surprising because it came out in late March. So I'm kind of surprised it didn't still hang around because it did very well. But just an observation there. Uh, do you have anything more to add, Gary? Um, no, not necessarily. Just excited to see what what happens at E3. I mean, yep. well, I mean, the, the the price drop, the permanent price drop to three forty nine is probably helping them a lot now. But yeah, like I can like I said, I don't see anything that they've done to warrant such a big victory this this month. Yeah, uh, we don't actually have um, actual numbers, sadly. But there we go. Uh, Neil, how about you, mate? Yes. Yeah, surprising as gary said but you know maybe it's because everyone who needs a ps4 has got one now you know that many <laughs> sold already it's like <laughs> you know, they've got a bit of extra money around they go oh, might as well get the old one now as well it's yeah it's baffling yeah it is. bloodborne was never going to be you know a system seller really i mean as mm. good as it is not everyone's going to appreciate an ultra hard game yeah, it's it's Bloodborne. a bit more. It's more of a niche game, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, everyone would have bought it that wanted to buy it very early on, like that in that first week because they want to you know savor it, devour it, and get it. There are probably people listening to this podcast now just screaming in the streets that you've said such a bad thing about their favorite Souls title <laughs> game. So yeah. <laughs> I like my Bloodborne. Exactly. Chili's the guy who would just stop in the street and go, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. If a week goes by where someone doesn't call me some sort of name, it's not a good week. Scarborough, what else am I going to do? Ben, um, so may as well move on to you. How, how do you uh, what do you think about that? I must admit, I was tempted by an X. I must admit, I was tempted by an Xbox One last month myself. Ah, uh, Shop Two had stray a- from the path, young Ben. <laughs> well, Shop Two had such an amazing deal. They did actually. Yeah. Two hundred seventy quid. Uh, you get fifteen pounds of uh, like three. I think it's like three months of that Sky service or whatever it was, Witcher three, and <laughs> Batman Arkham Knight, and it's the Xbox for two hundred seventy nine pound. Well, they're just giving it away for free at this point, man. They might as well out of the back of the truck. <laughs> this what, Witcher three is fifty quid. Batman's fifty quid. So that means you bought the and the so you bought the console for about one hundred fifty quid. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was really tempted for that price. <laughs> I don't blame you. I flirted with the idea of getting an Xbox One, but it's always been about um, something always comes up and I don't have enough cash. Yeah, then spare. I just spent all my money on the hotel for London, for Birmingham in September. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that um, Eurogamer? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Wicked. Uh, finally, uh, Rob, do you have anything else, um, anything to add about that uh, last story about the Xbox One sales and that? Uh, it's, it's one month, random month. I mean, uh, PS4 selling better than the Xbox One it is general. I mean, as Chili said, there's lots of really good deals going for the Xbox One right now. Yeah. Nothing particularly fantastic, apart from Bloodborne, I guess, going out for PS4. So, yeah. at, a most, at a really random, quiet time for the gaming year, like, it doesn't really say anything. It's just that, oh, this one month Xbox One is selling well. I'm sure people at Microsoft are high fiving each other and then going back to their grind to try and sell you more. The rest of the year, so yeah, cool. We just cool. see kind of what it's gonna be like to the run for Christmas, though. I think that's the more important thing going on. 
I yeah, think the big question is, yeah. will you be going to Eurogamer this year, Rob? Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to Birmingham for a, a Kitacon a convention, so I might not be able to afford to go to Eurogamer in Birmingham. Oh. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I normally go there and actually cover it for um, Linux user, but uh, not this year. Sad I think, face. unfortunately. Yeah, sorry. Ah, oh, there we go. Um, well, um, since somebody mentioned E3 in a previous story, we have a date and time. Uh, Sony has announced that their annual E3 press conference will kick off on Monday, June the 15th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, once, uh, this was uh, typed up by Ernest. Uh, once again, the PlayStation E3 conference will be held at the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena, as it has for the past few years. At this time, live stream details are unavailable. Um, interestingly enough, the invite's background image pattern not only includes the PlayStation face buttons, but also the number two. If um, if one combines with, uh, oh, I think he, oh, I think he did a typo. If one combines the O with the two, this could allude to PlayStation's twentieth anniversary. Uh, yeah, that was written a bit funny there. I think, <laughs> Mister Word, Mister Word, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, blah, blah, blah. What was I? Yes. Um, however, PlayStation twenty PlayStation's twentieth anniversary of December third, two thousand fourteen, has passed, and it didn't launch in North America until September ninety five. So the two could also be hinting at something else. A new PS four, oh, sorry, a new PS four version, a major sequel announcement. Speculate in the comment section below. But I shouldn't need to read that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> but you can if you like. <laughs> Dear Mister Lin, I think it's too early for a new PlayStation four iteration. Or. Yeah, please comment, guys. Yeah, go there now. <laughs> so that's a great podcast moment you need to keep in. <laughs> that is great. Um, yeah, so, guys, um, this will... Uh, does anybody... Anybody who's good at time zones and maths, can, what does 6 p.m. specific mean for UK? That's okay. got to be 2 a.m. That's got to be... 2.30 a.m. for us up at E3. What, no, 6 p.m. is 10 a.m. That's us. That's what it is for us. I thought E3 this year was 2 a.m. for Sony. If it's six o'clock in the evening and yeah. eight hours ahead. Oh, wait, so it's eight hours ahead. Sorry, you're, you're right. Sorry, I'm thinking of 10 o'clock being six o'clock here. You're right. It's, um, yeah, it's eight hours ahead, so it's two o'clock in the morning. You're right. Sorry, yeah. Which means that I'll be Great. in sleep and I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have like a thousand snarky tweets from people it talking about. It should be 6.30, Mike, not 6 I thought, because the, when I looked at it, it was 2.30 a.m. it starts for us. Oh, God. No, yeah, please. I'll just... waffle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, maybe... is, uh, is two a.m. I think. Well, whatever it is, it's blooming early for us. There we go. As it has been like the last three years now. So yeah. Well, that means another um, another day of sleeping in uh, sleeping early and getting up probably about eleven o'clock. Probably having to cover the uh, EA press conference or whatever's before it that has been, and then probably going to sleep again and then waking up just before two. But to be honest with you, I'm pumped for E3 every year, so I don't even notice it. But I just wish they'd host it at 5 p.m. like Nintendo does. Ah, oh, yes, the Nintendo Direct. Well, I'm looking forward to that so much. It's going to be so great. Yeah, yeah. did you see the uh, video for that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> that awesome. So what they're doing these days, we announce it with, you know, kind of. Uh, their irreverence is, um, seems to be taken over there. And they, it's like, they, they do all this really family-friendly humour and get the Mega64 yeah. guys in to help them film it. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny. Be this year, Sorry? They, they, they are actually having a press conference. They rented out an auditorium this year. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. I thought it was another Direct. Oh, yeah, because they're doing the whole Nintendo World Championships 2015. Are you sure? I thought I could have sworn it said Nintendo Direct. Is it actually a press conference? It normally yeah. is a Direct. Uh, yeah, it's a press conference uh, this year. They, they also moved it moved it up by I think an hour because Square Enix press conference starts at the same time. It does, yeah. Square yeah. Enix changed their time, I thought. Yeah, Square yeah, changed. changed <laughs> yeah. So that means they have something going together, and they don't want to have the same announcements. 
Hey, so while we're talking about uh, Nintendo, because why not on a PlayStation podcast? Oh, it just uh, hey, happens. Yeah. What what games do you think are going to be part of the World Championships 2015? Are you aware of what the World Championship 1990 was like? Um, I know of it, but uh, and I was, you know, I was um, six years old at the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you might be aware that the uh, World Championship gold cartridges are one of the, if not the rarest video game of all time. Yes. Uh, yes. The gold yeah. cart, uh, and it contains a uh, selection of. Sorry. But the gold carts weren't actually given away for the World Championship. Those were Nintendo Power, weren't they? Uh, that might be correct. I can't exactly remember how they give them. I just know that they're like worth hundreds of yeah. thousands of dollars, but. Yeah. Um, what what is on them is like a series of games, like four or five, something like that. And you have uh, either got to, you got to complete like an A level of Super Mario Brothers three and get a maximum score, and like do so many laps of Rad Racer and get a certain time or something like that. And it all creates like a score thing uh, to create a top thing. And I'm wondering if they're going to do a similar thing and then start giving selling out the discs like they did for the uh, the carts for uh, the 1990 World Championship. And uh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it'll be a nice selection of stuff so they'll be like, oh yes, do this track from Mario Kart 8 and uh, Fastest Time gets you points or what have you. And uh, oh yes, do this level from Super Mario 3D World and, yeah. you know, your time will get you points. Uh, and that'd be great because have you, any of you played the NES remixes at all? I haven't, sadly, no. Uh, no. I've seen um, them, Yeah, so one of the cool things about them is they'll have, um, uh, you know, 10, 10, 15 second bits of Nintendo games, of NES games. And then they'll do like a mashup of them called the remixes, uh, where it's like, oh, here's like, uh, you know, you do a section from an old NES game, almost like this World Championship thing, and you get points for it. Um, so they've kind of got the concept of it down again, so they could either release it as a digital thing or as an actual disc. And um, I kind of hope they do because they do because it would be cool. But anyway, back to uh, our normal scheduled programming of PlayStation. <laughs> well, no, well, that's actually pretty cool. I'd like to, I'd like them to come in gold boxes, as in uh, like show up the old, you know, gold cartridges. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, you open the box and there's like a, go- a golden coloured disc. Yeah, it's yes. Nintendo World 2015 on the box. Yes. Great, I'm looking that, forward to it. Okay, well, um, to cap that story off, actually, I think because uh, there was speculation about a hidden, you know, maybe a, an announcement, a sequel, whatever, I'll just go around and ask each and every one of you what game you'd like to see. It could be a new, it can be a, an entirely new IP you cooked up, it could be a sequel to something. Um, I'll start with myself. I would like to see... Uh, I'm, it won't happen, but I would love to see The Last of Us 2 announced. Uh, Rob, what would you like to see? This is Sony's uh, press conference. A new medieval. New, excellent choice. Uh, ben, <laughs> how about you? Uh, new Ape Escape. Oh, good, yeah. good. Uh, Gary, how about you? A siphon filter on the PS4. Brilliant. And finally, last but not least, Neil, how about you? Oh, damn it. I can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken most of the good ones. Um, <laughs> Silent Hills isn't cancelled. It's exclusive uh, to PS4. There you go. No, no, no. Even better. Oh, I wish. Silent Hills is cancelled, but they're just doing another Silent Hill instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would take any one of those games that you mentioned. They're all very, Quiet very good Sorry? <laughs> oh, so quite uh, right. yeah, yeah. I'm sure that'll be ne- the next Kickstarter from one of the old Silent Hills yes. guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that just makes me... You know, we will... There is a reason I haven't spoken about some of the Konami writer stories is because that could have its own podcast or <laughs> at very, at very least a, a massive discussion thing. Which I we think want. we've taken up about two of them with it already. Oh, so. we have. Okay, well, yes. there will be more and I have a lot to say as well, but we will rage cast <laughs> pens just tight. Yeah, very good. Remember when Konami announced a quiet figure with squeezable boobs? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> and just we'll just end by saying that Konami's boss thinks that mobile gaming is the future, so we'll leave the news there. Uh, oh, he is just the font of wise knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on with Konami? That's all I can say. Uh, we will now move on to, like I said, we will, we will touch on some of these things, probably in a rage cast. I think that's a brilliant idea, actually. Um, we can just rant about things, not necessarily Konami, but um, anything. That's actually pretty good. Um, we'll move on to some reviews now. Uh, guys, uh, thanks for your feedback on the news there. Rob, thanks for your um, input as well. That was really interesting, actually. That's it's good, good, sir. You're very, very welcome. I'm yeah. going to bring up the, the, the big issue with the whole PlayStation 4 being hacked. <gasps> uh, oh, God. Um, um, I don't know what to say about that at all. I'm not, I don't know anything about hacking, so you guys can talk about it a <laughs> bit if you want to. I don't want to talk too much because I don't want to say how it's done. <laughs> yeah, you, you can you can mention it. Sorry, go ahead before we before we start on the reviews. You you can chat a bit about that, Ben, if you want to kind of like kick it off. Well, I just want to see everyone's opinion on the whole hacking situation. Well, it's not really a hacking. Sony console being hacked. Float me down with a feather. I've never heard of this before. I, <laughs> I, I, I actually think it'll increase the sales of the PS4. Oh yeah, that's, uh, why, yeah, that's why the PSP yeah. did so well. Yeah, that's why the PS2 <laughs> did so well. Yeah. Hard, software-wise, it might cause it'll cause a hell of a lot of issues. Mm. But actual hardware, hardware always gets benefited by the hacking. Yeah, I think that's why. Um, what was I going to say the uh, DS did so well as well in Japan yeah. because the R4s and stuff. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, that's true. Then you got the Dreamcast, which had really bad <laughs> software, but the hardware was still selling. Hmm. Um, was the Dreamcast the thing yes, to make it work? Yes, that's software we're talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's <laughs> heresy about Ben. Guys, the Dreamcast died. Let's just get over it. <laughs> I will never get over it, Rob. Never. <laughs> hey, it's, it still yeah. lives on in some people's hearts. It, they were still making games for it up until recently, I think. And yes, uh, Rob, I think it's you said the Dreamcast was the uh, emulator, I think, yeah. uh, that I played... Think. Uh, that's how you got Tekken 3 on your Dreamcast. <laughs> imagine imagine doing Tekken 3 with that controller. <laughs> oh, wow. It was fine for Virtua Fighter, but I wouldn't want to play Tekken on it, to be honest. No, yeah. I, um, I know what I do want to play on it. Shenmue, and I will this year. <laughs> Every Christmas, 15 years old, man, I've got to play it at Christmas. Neil, Neil knows what I'm talking about. I've still okay. never played that game. Hmm, I like this. Perhaps I'll have another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, still oh, need to fi- I still need to purchase that game one day. Yeah, um, well, I have a Dreamcast. I just don't have oh. that game. I, I have I have Shenmue two, but I have Shenmue one, so I should probably get it. Some <laughs> I'm actually really surprised that they haven't released a HD version of that by now. I really am shocked because it was even meant to meant to be in development at one point. They, it was. Well, you sorry, want to what? know why? Yeah, sure. Sega. Yeah. Yeah. Chan- it'll be a last chance saloon thing if they ever did it. Yeah, Sega but think like having to be. But to be fair, they did release a lot of other kind of not obscure, but they did they did bring quite a few others to um in the HD. They did Jet Set Radio. That wasn't like a mainstream title, was it? And they've done a couple of others as well. Yeah, but then they were varying in quality because there's a, there's a lot of extra work to do for um, Shenmue, I think, which makes yeah. it a bit. Because while they um did Jet Set Radio quite well in the HD transition, mm. Sonic Adventure Two was. Awful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they fixed nothing. In that they game. they just released the GameCube version. No, I'm sorry, they released the GameCube version and removed the GameCube bits, and then let you actually download get a DLC bit for the extra GameCube bits. Yeah. Same thing and, they did with the Sonic Adventure re-release. So uh, yeah, it, it just made Sonic fans very very sad. Oh, yeah, sad that's, 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 that's the normal state for us Sonic fans anyway. <laughs> it is. Sonic just kick our heels. 
You know, I had a great time with some generations. I believe I have the highest review score for it on Metacritic for my PS3 review. But uh, since then, it's gone back down a bit again. Yeah. Uh, Gary, um, you shouted something at the back there, sorry. What did you say, mate? Oh, I said Sonic fans have been pissed off for like 15 years now. When I first got my Dreamcast um, in 1999 uh, with Sonic Adventure, I loved it. I have to admit, I love Sonic Adventure. I still, I, I, I played it recently. Well, no, actually, no, it was not recent. I keep thinking 2008 was last year for some reason. <laughs> it's six years ago. Yeah, I last played it in 2008, but I still loved it then. <laughs> uh, for some reason. I, I just want a, a download version of, oh, I can never say the name right, Chow Garden. Oh, the Chow Gardens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chow yeah. Garden, I just yeah. want that remade. That, that'd be, that'd be it. Like, hell, even had microtransactions. In fact, yeah, why isn't, why isn't there a mobile version of the Chow Garden stuff? I know, that is like, Perfect for it, but then yeah, they can make loads of money from that. Free to play child garden, where you can buy food for it using money. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah. Neil and I are just waiting for Streets of Rage. (laughs) (laughs) Free to play Streets of Rage, buy extra characters. I will buy. I will. That that's the game I'll spend all my money. Is uh, they've got Streets of Rage in that um, 3DS game coming out, haven't they? Oh, they do. Yeah, Yeah. 3D. Rage coming, yeah. Oh, what's the game called? It's that X something, isn't it? So it's, uh, it's like different franchises from different companies all together. Zone two. That's it, yeah. Yeah, and Streets of oh. Rage is announced as being a part of it. Oh, so like it's uh, Namco, Capcom, and Sega. I Wait, Norman Streets of Rage characters are in there? Yeah. Yes, they are. Oh, I'm pre-ordering that right now. Live on podcast. <laughs> oh. Okay, let's try and um, grab the steering wheel there and kind of like back to the, back on back to the reviews. We sort of touched on the uh, on the hacking there, but I think yeah, we, we, we can leave that we'll leave more in depth for another time because I'm uh, <laughs> I have to sleep at some point today to get up. Something, but not that I'm Russian at all. We're not. We're in good time. Uh, no, Gary is a Russian. <laughs> uh, true. Uh, we're on to uh, project uh, reviews now. We've uh, got Project Cars review by Simon Sayers. Uh, you do know who he is, Rob. I will just say that. Um. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I, I do definitely know who he is. Yeah, I I, I don't. Know. It's actually Stephen. <laughs> I don't know why he posts. Oh, is it? <laughs> I don't know why he posts under this name. I really don't know because he doesn't get any credit for it at all. <laughs> to avoid any potential flack, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, well, he was he was with Stephen Seagulls at once. Yeah. Seagulls the best. <laughs> uh, he was our best writer. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, oh god. Uh, Stephen gave it, sorry, Simon gave oh, forget it. Um, he gave this a, if I can actually, wow, there's like 55 comments on this story, man. 8.0 out of 10, he gave it, yeah. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I couldn't even load up the damn page. Um, god, I hate The it. final word issues with AI hold it back from greatness, but Project Cars is on the right track with its sandbox career, community focused online experience, and A grade car handling mechanics. Simon says. I'm finally there. Thank you, Rob. That was brilliant. I was very tempted just to hand you the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Rob. Um, Stephen uh, put his plus points as uh, sandbox experience lets you play uh, lets you play how you want and dive straight in with your favorite cars and tracks. Uh, the stunning roster of tracks with incredible detail and impressive weather effects and day and night transitions. And the car handling feels realistic and races are exciting. However, he disliked the inconsistent AI that occasionally behaves like amateurs on the track. Uh, the glitches, such as cars ghosting through you. And finally, uh, with third-person cam switched on during races, some cars look a little cartoony due to vibrant colours. So a bit of wacky races going on there, sounds like. So with this, the crew, 
and Drive Club. I'm never 100 sure which one is which and which has got which has got which feature. Um, <laughs> they all seem to be kind of community-driven car uh, racing games, which is awesome. That's cool. I think like Need for Speed has definitely uh, proved that's a thing that makes uh, racing games good. Yeah. Um, what was the specific, uh, the unique selling point of Project Cars over the other two? Do you? Know? It was. I think it was hardcore. It was hardcore. It was hardcore. Oh yes, it was um, it simulation was, style, wasn't it? Like yes. uh, Gran Turismo and Forza. Yeah, okay. I've I've played it. Um, I played it at Namco event, and it was. Um, I'm not that good at racing games, but even I sure. could tell it was the hardest of the hardcore. Seriously, yeah, cool. yeah. Was, I heard they even had uh, they modelled uh, cold and warm tire mechanics, which is uh, pretty impressive. So uh, I yeah, Gran Turismo did that at one point anyway. It probably does. Has probably has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I tried Project Cars at Eurogamer last year. I just crashed into a wall. <laughs> yeah, I did that a lot. I did that a lot. Yeah, and the flipping PR guy was looking over my shoulder as well. It was so embarrassing. And he was like, try- he was very patronizing. And he was sort of like, oh, go on, you're doing well, go on. Oh, that's a shame. He was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary, Neil, have you guys played Project Cars or got Project Cars at all? I have not, no. Okay, Neil? No, I hate sim races. They're boring. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the only races that are good are. Uh, Cart games with Mario in them and yeah, and, yeah, and Burnout. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and Burnout. Yeah, I, I just I just want a sequel to Paradise. Yeah, that's it. We so, all want a sequel to Paradise, but we we need to actually do our jobs. We need to do jobs to earn money so we continue living and not just like yeah. die playing Burnout Paradise Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, next up we have The Evil Within, The Consequence Review. This is the uh, second story-based DLC for uh, The Evil Within, reviewed by yours truly. Uh, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, the final word, despite some annoying issues, the consequences and engaging slice of DLC to complement the evil within's twisted game world. Uh, I enjoyed the great atmosphere, the solid exposition, and sporadic gunplay is welcome addition, because you don't really get to do a lot of shooting in this. It's more stealth-based, uh, which ca- it sounds... It actually sounds worse than it is. It's quite enjoyable, but it's really cool. You actually get to shoot things in the face. Uh, I dislike the one-hit kills, uh, which prove frustrating. Bloody does. And the poor stamina system. Literally, you'll be running away from an enemy, and you have about under 10 seconds worth of stamina. And if you run, if you, it runs out, she stops in the middle of what she's doing and literally goes, ah, ah, to catch her breath. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, excuse me, oh, ju- monster with giant axe. Just one sec. <sighs> okay, let's go. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike there's, there's, there's like one negative point missing, and I'm, I'm assuming it was. It's not Resident Evil. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's like playing Battlefield, and you realize you're like the worst soldier because you run out of breath in like five seconds. <laughs> they didn't do that in Battlefield. So. <laughs> when you combine that with one-hit kills, it's really, really frustrating, but it's good. I don't know who's actually played the Evil Within here. I have. Uh, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, oh, you didn't like it then, Rob? No, I, I just haven't got around to playing. I hear it's very good. I just I don't, I don't think I've got a system it plays on. So. All right. Okay. Oh, sorry. I thought you said I have, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I said, I, said I, I haven't. I think Gary said he had. So, yeah. Gary said. Yeah, Gary, um, did you like it? Uh, I did to a point. Uh, I thought the game was super hard towards the later points when you have, like, no ammo and you have to kill, like, 15 enemies. Yeah. Yeah. In order to progress, you're like, yeah. how am I supposed to do this? Melee yeah. kills? This it was big. not Resident Evil 4 style where you get tons of ammo from every kill you get. It was actually a lot. It is, it is, there is a lot of, um, there's a need to hoard your ammo in that game for the right spots, which means a lot of trial and error. So, yeah. Uh, did yeah. you ever play any of the DLC, Gary? 
No, I was actually thinking of buying it, and then I saw they were like nine ninety nine a piece, and I'm like, I just bought like four games for nine ninety nine a piece, four <laughs> games. <laughs> well, if, you get, if you do get the chance to pick it up cheap because it's no doubt going to drop in price at some point um, you'll probably like it it's really good from a story point of view and the gameplay is pretty good as well so um, I, I recommend it if you like The Evil Within definitely um, but yeah I, I quite enjoyed The Evil Within anyway I thought it was pretty good um, it, it, was be- it kind of got a bit bloated it was probably longer than it should have been but it had some yeah. really good it, yeah it had some really good parts to it and I'd, I'd like to see a sequel definitely because um it's um you know Shinji Mikami he does um he does some great um horror games so um but yeah he did that Resident Evil game didn't he Shinji Mikami yeah yeah exactly that Resident Evil oh, yeah um yeah he's he knows his stuff so um it's um I'm I was really I was really happy he came back to the horror space again so yeah um okay uh, next up chaps uh, we have uh, Wolfenstein the Old Blood PS4 review. Out with the new, in with the old, says, says Neil Bolt. <laughs> um, Neil, you gave this a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, you summarized, a lovely, bloody, and bullet-riddled trip down memory lane is soured somewhat from reaching the weaker second act that serves to remind how much nostalgia is too much. Thankfully, <laughs> the old blood is still ultimately satisfying, an unultimately satisfying addition to the Wolfenstein family. Uh, plus points, uh, returning to Castle Wolfenstein, uh, the streamlined inventory actually benefits the game and the same satisfying mechanics as New Order. Uh, downsides are second act full short, uh, that it retreads a lot of old ground and sporting characters are not fleshed out enough. Uh, Neil, uh, just want to quickly chat about that for a sec. So not bad then. No, I, mean, I really liked it. It's just for what it was, you know, a 15 quid shot of Wolfenstein New Order effectively, which was surprisingly good last year. Uh, despite some of its weaknesses, I this I liked mostly because within the first ten minutes, it's there reminding me of one of my favourite games, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Um, yeah, doing the whole ascent to the castle, which has been slightly redesigned, but still essentially looks kind of the same. And it's just oh, it's great. And then that whole modern Wolfenstein thing they did with the new order starts kicking in with you know the dialogue and the narration and like that and. It's just a nice little blend to begin with, and the first half is just you know paired back versions of the enemies you face in the new order. And but yeah, you sort of see where technologically they'll go forward in that game. Uh, and yeah, sorry, go go. No, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say I really liked how they brought back the supernatural stuff. Yeah, well, I'll get to that in a sec. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, it's, it's a whole good point there too. Um, yeah, and I liked that it was just going through the castle and then having to escape from the castle and just the whole just being Nazis again was great. Hmm. And but for me, that is where it fell down was that second half where the paranormal just got a little too involved. And it's like back in the day that was fine because it wasn't really quite as big a thing as it is now. But the two thousand and nine game did it. And it was rubbish because it was a very poor imitation of Return to Castle Wolfenstein. And you know, the zombie undead thing has been played out to death already. And if you're not going to add anything original to it, then you're just going to be another zombie shooty game. Which, And yeah, sadly, that's what, for me, the second half of the game becomes. It's just an endless sway through shuffling corpses and the odd good bit. And the end boss was just meh. 
it's very dull. It was. It was really an understatement. I mean, technically, I'd say at the halfway point, the, the boss fight, which I won't say, obviously, for spoiler reasons, but Gary, you will know a certain uh, dog-loving aficionado there. <laughs> he, he is a, who is probably the best new character by far. You know, that guy, the enemy. Uh, that boss battle was more fun just because of the dialogue in it. You know, just the, him constantly insulting you and all these very German, very straightforward insults. Yeah. Uh, so they're basically just saying, I'm going to kill you because this way, that way, and the other way. And uh, it's, just, it's a shame that it sort of dips in that second half. But I don't know, uh, for the price and for what it has in it, it does enough overall for me. But and I, it, it is pretty long. I finished it in like seven hours. I honestly think I spent more time on it than I did on the New Order for the first run through. It's just yeah, crazy because I, I wanted to be so stealthy in the first half of the game. Yeah. Uh, which is another one of my minor annoyances, whereas in the New Order I could get away with that a bit more. There were a couple of times this time where you just seemed bound to get caught, and I don't know if it's a design problem or it was you know, throwing you that curveball, like I said in the review, of just saying, well, you expect you'll not get caught out here, but the section of design, surely, for you to go through it without being seen, because you have the, uh, the officers, which if you take them out, it stops alerts happening and stuff. And, but yeah, the first time I did that, I shot one of the officers and then the other one got alerted because some other soldier saw that officer go down and yet in another section it wouldn't happen. It was a bit weird in that sense. I think in a way it's machine games getting you know, trying to bring it full circle again with their reboot of the series and just sort of homaging what's come before and I, I really do hope they get to do a proper sequel and just sort of push on with what they were doing because they had some really good, fresh ideas to marry some very, very traditional mechanics in the New Order, and um, that's what I want. I want more of that. That one. But yeah, if you, know, if you enjoyed that game at all and you like old-school shooters and there's more of the you know, this secret old-school Wolfenstein 3D levels <laughs> in there this time, which, were, yeah, they're fun, but maybe a little too many this time. Yeah, I mean, if you like any of that, for the money it is, it's more than worth it, I think. Awesome, man. Cheers for that. Uh, I haven't played um, Wolfenstein at all, but uh, most games, so um, which is a shame, but they sound pretty cool. And uh, you're right about zombies being done to death, totally. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a game that's done them years before they were a big thing. And yeah, yeah it is just... It's that side of it that just doesn't need retreading. Because in the new order, they pushed away from that and went with, you know, more like what would happen if enough time had passed and you've got all this extra tech that they've built with their shady goings on. And I like that more than just the resurrecting the dead and shooting Nazi zombies. We've done Nazi zombies so many times. Even this year, it's been done. It's uh, again. Yes, and Nazis on their own are fine to kill. Nazis who are in mech suits are fine to kill, but yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> but zombies, no. So even Nazi dogs are fun to kill still. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet. Um, well, let's move on now, guys, uh, towards the end and talk about a bit what we've been playing briefly. Uh, Rob, since you're the guest and you haven't been on for um, ages, uh, we'll start with you if that's all right. Um, well, if you've sure, yeah. if you've had time to play any games, because you're a pretty busy, Kai. <laughs> I, I I have. Um, 
a couple of minor things. Uh, I've been slowly playing through the Majora's Mask re-release on 3DS. Oh. Um, which is quite important to me because it was one of the, my first console games. Uh, and I think the first proper like Christmas like video game I asked for for Christmas at one point. And um, I played it once, 100%ed it once, um, back in 2001. So I literally haven't touched it since. So having it back and like having all these memories kind of dredged up and like and realizing I have lots of this muscle memory for certain things I didn't even know I had um, was kind of cool. Um, I keep playing it in bursts. Like I'll do one bit and I'll, I'll take a break and play something else. So I just uh, finished uh, Link Between Worlds, which is the just dropped my mic on my keyboard somehow. <laughs> I don't know how did that. Sorry, let me, let me start. Sorry, I was playing um, Link Between Worlds and punching my microphone. Um, I, uh, which is very fun. That was the 3DS one, which was a sequel to Link to the Past. It was literally called um, Kamisama no Life Force 2 in uh, Japan. Link to the Past being Kamisama no Triforce in Japan. So, yeah. Right. Um, uh, even had the... Uh, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the old um, uh, Japanese advert for Link to the Past where it was... Uh, Gelo 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 thing says and then like they kind of re- they got the guy back like you know twenty years later to do an advert of the same song for uh, Link <laughs> oh, Between wow. Worlds in Japan so it's amazing um, that was fun two hundred CC Mario Kart eight has been a lot of fun um, and the new tracks are great uh, I always like having uh, Game Boy Advance tracks in um, new Mario Kart games because I have a lot of love for Super Circuit but the main game the big game I want to talk about. Which will soon be coming to PS4, so it's not just something that is on a Nintendo console. Is um, the fantastic kickstarted indie Sentai tactical RPG Chroma Squad? Um, don't know if any of you guys have heard of it at all. I have. Huh? I've heard the name. Yeah. Okay, so I kickstarted this about two years ago, and it's a, uh, a pixel graphics um, tactical RPG like Final Fantasy Tactics or Advance Wars or something like that, um, or you know, the Mega Man NT games if you ever played those. Um, and uh, you play as Power Rangers, basically. Sentai is the Japanese term for what we know as Power Rangers, Super Sentai in particular. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, it's a uh, yeah, tactical RPG, turn-based, uh, and you have your squad of five heroes, which can increase by the late last season, depending on your choices. Um, and you fight through episodes in seasons, um, where you've got to kind of uh, move your teammates around the map and kill things, as you would normally do in a tactical RPG. Um, and like the story develops in kind of weird and crazy ways, and there's a lot you can take away from it. There's certain different endings, so there's multiple playthroughs. There are mecha fights as well, so you get in your megazord and you punch stuff. It's great. Um, <laughs> but the key thing about it that I really want to talk about is that when we talk about RPG games in video games, you know, literally it stands for role playing games. And what we think about is hitting things to get experience, so you can level up your strength or what have you. We don't actually think about the role playing side of video games. Now, I know people who role-played as uh, their Shepard in Mass Effect, and I'm sure there are other, other video games where people have tried to role-play their character, but Chroma Squad is the first game I've ever played where it incentivizes and encourages you to properly role-play. Um, you earn kind of points-ish slash money to spend throughout each episode by uh, appeasing your fans and filling up your fan meter, your audience meter, as you go. Um, and this increases by doing director's orders, and in general, just like doing very Power Rangery style things, like uh, doing team, like using teammates to flip each other, and like doing then doing like a team attack, and also by finishing off each round with like a finishing move, like you know, the, uh, 
put them put them together, guys. You know, power rack, power bow, power daggers, power uh, sword, and you know, creating the big um, a power blaster or whatever they called it in Power Rangers, and like basically doing that to kill the final boss of the thing. Uh, and you know, you're not allowed. You can do that whenever you want to during a fight. Um, but you're actually going to lose a bit of audience for doing it, so you, you know you can save it for the end. And I like that a lot because whenever I've played old uh, tactical RPG games, that's always how I played it. Like very specifically, and I'm sure no one here would have heard of it or played it, and even anyone listening to will know of it. But there was a very old Tenchi Muyo game for the Super Nintendo or the Super Famicom, I guess, in Japan, and I had a rom of it. Oh yeah, I heard of it. You heard I of it? Yes, yes. So each character had like eight levels, which was really weird. Um, they could level up to, and when you got to like level seven, level eight, they got this ridiculously powerful super move, uh, and you could use it whenever it was based on mana or what have you. I think that kind of recharged as you went. Um, but I would always save it for the final boss attack, even though I didn't really need to or what have you. Um, and there are other tactical RPG games where it's kind of like that way. You kind of and in games in general, you always feel you should save your most powerful attack for the end, but you don't really need to. Whereas in Chroma Squad, it incentivizes you doing that, which is part of the roleplay aspect. And I can, I really dig that. Um, and aside from that, there's a great like management system for upgrading your your Megazord, your team. Uh, you, you can do marketing stuff. You hire different marketing teams to get you either more fans, which gives you um, ability to do more marketing, or you can do stuff to get more uh, craft equipment to craft more stuff or more money to buy new stuff. You can craft or buy costumes um and there are different ones you can either craft or buy so like there's normally a style and slight stat changes between them um although you know you can buy all your costumes and you'll be as powerful as if you crafted all your costumes it's very much down to personal taste um and like each season like you, you each of your class each of your squad mates have got like different uh techniques for their class so you've got the the lead which is you know the red ranger basically like he has a lot of um kind of stat buffs for the whole team uh, you've got the the medic, the um, assist, who kind of has a lot of long range of things like, you know, making people have less health. Um, you've got the uh, assault class, which has got extra strength, and the scout class, which can move far further. And, like, they get more skills as you go to kind of create this. Uh, and then you kind of you, you develop tactics around that. So, yeah, it's just it's really deep, uh, also quite simple, a great fun story. And uh, the role playing aspect of it is ridiculous, and I, I'm I wasn't expecting it at all. And I'm glad it's kind of in there. Also, it's got this amazing kind of like faux Japanese um, uh, kind of eighties to- uh, toku theme tune, which basically describes how you play the game, and it's amazing. Um, and it's just it's just the best, and I love it so much. And I'm a massive Power Rangers Super Sentai fanboy, so it scratched every itch I've had. And, um, <laughs> so yeah, and it's coming to PS4 and Vita very soon. I think I don't know the exact date, but I would hazard a guess that you'll see um, if they do like this whole kind of oh here's like seven indie games playing at the same time at E3. One of those will be Chroma Squad. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that now. Although it will be on a showreel somewhere because yeah, it's gonna be a really great game. I'm looking forward for you guys to actually play it because it's so very very good. It does sound actually quite interesting. Yes, it? I can <laughs> sell it very well as well. So <laughs> it's funny um, you mentioned him. But uh, first of all, that sounds really cool. A nice one there, Rob. That was interesting. Uh, for some reason, I've just typed in Power Rangers Balkan Skull. Into- <laughs> <laughs> well, for some yeah, reason, you know the exact reason you put that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I did love me some Power Rangers. Uh, anyway, thanks for that, um, Rob. Um, very welcome. That's, that's pretty much it for you, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm also playing through uh, Skyward Sword, the uh, Wii 
second Wii um, Zelda game, but oh, uh, I haven't really cool. got too far into that just yet. And I just really want to talk about Chrono Squad to people who will likely play it soon. So yeah. sweet. <laughs> okay, let's move on to um, Neil. How about you, buddy? Ooh, feeding in nicely from the old uh, role playing to a degree. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just like I was thinking the whole way through that thing, and I hope he picks me next because I can relate somewhat. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, X- XCOM, anyway, unknown slash within on PC at the minute. Um, went back to my uh, PSU's team run through. So me being commander in chief, you know, having all all you PSU guys as my squad. And, I uh, died for a game, didn't I? You did, yeah. Gary has long since gone. So. <laughs> no, you're still alive, Troy. Yes. You're you're like mech now as well, which is, <laughs> I thought was just like totally appropriate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I continue to love XCOM more than pretty much any game ever. It's just the gift that keeps on giving. So when I got to like 220 hours of GTA 5 uh, earlier this year, I thought, ah, surely there's no game that's going to beat that. It's like that. But yeah, XCOM has just shot way, way past that, I think, at this point. It's, uh, yeah, I'm about halfway through a nice uh, hardcore Iron Man. And uh, yeah, it's going a bit to pot. And I've got the point where your base gets attacked by the aliens. And uh, I always hate that mission on the higher difficulties because if you, you, if you mess it up, that's it. It's game over straight away. But uh, yeah, so far no one has died in that mission. But I sort of had to step away, leave it. And uh, I think I'll come back to another time because it, it's just majorly stressful. Because you know, once someone's dead, that's it; they're gone, they're out. And oh, that's one of the two big hooks for me with that is, you know, having people you know in the game makes it more relatable to you straight away because you're like, oh, you want your friends and that, your family to do well and not die and all that. So my wife was once very bemused that she got killed off within two missions of a run through. And, uh, yeah, it's just that particular mission I've always find terribly, terribly hard to get through. <laughs> you know, God, because you just, at that point, you've built up some really good squad players. And, and like, so with Chili, he's like a uh, flamethrown mech. Yes. And, uh, and, yeah, with a good old super punch. And it's just, if you lose people like that uh, in that mission, you just... It, Almost feels like a dick move, but it's not. It's, it just adds enough to the game. It's um, yeah. I want to get through this playthrough basically because I want to go long war the old mod for it, which basically just takes the campaign on and on and on and on and on as long as you can go basically, and get cool. beyond that. But yeah, that's been the main thing I've enjoyed this week. I would say um, the other. Probably while I was in Butlins, and of course my only uh, respite was my my Vita. Was uh, I had a good old go on Worms Revolution Extreme, having a bit of good time on that. But yeah, nice. it just gets so brutal so quickly. It just <laughs> just the AI gets to the point where you know they pull off magic shots effectively, and you're just having them. It's like, oh, that wind assist would surely not help them make that shot. No, no, they made that shot. It's like that. And <laughs> it just starts piling it on you. So, you know, you always only get four worms, but then they get five worms, six worms, seven worms, eight worms. And at one point, I think it's currently about 10 you're facing off there. And you pretty much get it down to you're like four on four. And then just one lucky missile, not half your team out straight away. And 
the other two or four in the water and you've got you run out of things to get them out of it and oh it's getting to that annoying stage now where I don't <laughs> I, I I may have to step away for a while and come back <laughs> later when I am a bit more patient with it. <laughs> so that, um yeah, that's really been it. As I said, being away for most of the week, I haven't really got to play. I picked up Unity for about five minutes on Saturday night and thought, oh, I just don't feel like it and put it back down again. Played some <laughs> played some Pez, which I never care to mention too often because I always play Pez, so which again goes back into that role playing thing because I always put a bunch of people I know in it <laughs> into the old master league. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool man, nice one. Uh Gary, Gary, how about you? I have been playing a lot actually. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I've been playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles on my 3ds. Yeah, um, it's like the biggest game I've ever played. Like it just doesn't end. There's just always something to do. But, um, yeah, I'm playing that. I'm playing um, Watch Dogs, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I I played it for an hour after it came out, and I was so disappointed that I stopped playing it. And now I'm I'm trying to finish it because I have nothing to play right now while I wait for The Witcher 3, so may as well get that done and out with. The writing in Watch Dogs is so... uh... Oh, you know what it is? Early on, early on, straight away, you just think, Aiden Pierce, you are the biggest tool <laughs> in the world. It's like, I'm not going to like you. There's nothing you can do in this game. You've already de- dealt out your woe is me card, and I still don't care. So w- w- there's nothing coming that's going to make me ha- care anymore for you. Sorry, can I just um just visit really, really quickly when I was in Property Things? Gary, I was just reading your Twitter while you were talking, and I just have to, had to laugh my ass off at what you tweeted here. It's from the guy who pretends to be Kaz Harai, CEO Kaz Harai. <laughs> he says, Konami will hold an E3 press conference to announce all the exciting games they plan to cancel. It's <laughs> 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 <That is> great. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well tweeted. Well retweeted. Sorry, dude. Carry on. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've been playing Wolfenstein: The New Order. Uh, I finished that up. Uh, tried some challenges in that game. They were super brutal and hard. So I'm like, I don't want to. Be- really? <laughs> oh, they, it's, it's like, I thought, oh, this would be a nice extra addition to the game. And it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's way too brutal. Even the first challenge is like, really, this is way too hard. So like even on lower difficulties. It's almost like it says, oh, you don't have a mouse and a keyboard? Well, tough. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that. I've been playing uh, Resident Evil Revelations 2. Yeah, I've seen you on that, actually. Yeah, online. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I finished that game. I did a lot of raid mode missions already. Yeah, it's oh. addictive, isn't it? It is addicting. <laughs> uh, the only thing I don't like about raid mode is they start repeating the same levels. Yeah. Difficulties, which I'm just like, I don't want to play these levels already. Yeah. But what what was the one that's like a really super hard, the casino one from the first situations? Man, that thing is brutal. I know. Yeah. Run over to hide, nothing. You just get owned by 10 guys. Yeah, that great, and that giant git with the um, chainsaw arm or whatever it is from who was in the first game. Yeah, he has like the worst weak spot that's like impossible to hit because it's so small. Yeah. It's like really like uh, wasted so much ammo on that guy. Yeah, I know you. I know how you feel there. <laughs> Did you Especially enjoy it? A hard mode, like on the hard mode, like oh, yeah. you may as well skip that one because you're never going to get through it. Totally. What did you think of the game, by the way? 
Um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I enjoyed how the story started. Um, a little spoilers here. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I liked how it takes place uh, six months apart from each other. Yeah, that was a surprise, actually. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool, but towards the end, I, I became very disappointed with it. Um, one, again, I think they're trying to keep Wesker alive in some way, shape, or form, so they, like, introduce his sister. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but she, she, like, she didn't do anything in that game. Like, they only showed her face in the last chapter of the game. And I'm just yeah, like... Yeah, odd. You know... I, I I liked it how it started, but towards the end, I'm just like, they're trying to bring back stuff that they already killed off or stopped, and oh, it's just not working. Just... For them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, in my opinion, it, it really is not working for them. Um, they either need to reboot it at this point and bring back Umbrella, or just bring back Umbrella in general, <laughs> because all these other things. Are, so he has clones of himself. He has kids. He has sisters now. It's like he is bring, almost the movies now. Yeah, just, just, just bring him back at this point. There's no reason to do this. Just just bring him back, and everybody will be happy. But but yeah, um, I like Claire. I don't like Morla. Morla. Moira. 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 Yeah, Moira. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like her at all. I just thought she was irritating as hell. Like, <laughs> I hope she dies. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, you should have died. And yeah, but but yeah. Um, other than that, I, I did enjoy it. Um, I, I, I was kind of sad that the game looked worse than Resident Evil Five did graphically. Yeah, I know it was really, really shockingly bad for a Resident Evil game, but probably because it was a small budget title, I guess. You know, yeah. it did look better than what Operation Raccoon City. <laughs> 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 Don't let Dane hear you say that. Anything does. Yeah. VCs yeah, on I'll... a stick plays better than Operation Raccoon City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also felt like the monsters, like they could have used more. Um, I felt like I was fighting the same four or five enemies the entire game. Yeah, yeah. They they could have used more, and obviously there's obviously there's pretty much just one boss fight in the whole game. Yeah, well, considered it's just yeah. the one boss fight. But being I have to admit, being how being able to play as Barry Burton again was just so awesome for me. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, like I, I was so happy. I was like, yes, Barry, he's still awesome. He's he starts the game off with his Magnum Python, and I was like, yes, <laughs> the most powerful weapon in the game right off the bat. Did you get the um? Did you get the real ending at all? Did you get the good ending? Yes, I got it on my first try. I didn't know there was a second. Oh, ending. right, because I got the bad ends, and I was like so gutted, and I was like, "Is that it? Seriously?" And I found out there was another ending. But it's so <laughs> awesome that they, that the, uh, it's so awesome that they use some great Barry quotes in there, isn't it? You know, when he goes, "I have this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he turns to the camera all badass. You know, it's just like, yes, Barry Burton. <laughs> yeah, and that one part where he unlocks the door and is like, "Now I'm the master of unlocking." <laughs> <laughs> Like, damn, it was great, yeah. but but yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I was glad to see Clara back. Um, I thought she was great in that game, even though she really didn't have a story in that game, it was pretty much Barry's story, yeah, not not Clara's. So, I don't really understand why she was in the game, she really had no connection to anybody in that game at all, which kind of made me sad, um, yeah. Well, I suppose she. That, and then she ended up looking like Jill at the end of the game. I was like, "Is that Jill?" Yeah. 
I was like, that would be cool. Like, I think Jill would have been a better character to use in that game because she has a connection with Barry, but yeah. Claire was very just on her own. Yeah, um, no Chris, no um, uh, no Leon. Yeah, nobody. It's just her. It's just I think it was just them bringing back a character that people wanted to see again. Yeah. I wonder where they go from here. Uh, <laughs> well, where is there to go? You already did a global conflict. You did so much already. It'll be it'll either be space or time travel. I guarantee oh, you. God. <laughs> oh no, please. Uh, I, 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 when we talk, I, I remember we talked about this in in our Resident Evil podcast, and I still think they should do it again. Just go back to your some small little town where some zombie outbreak has happened. You think all the viruses are done. Umbrella is somehow still operational. You pick two characters and everybody else is a supporting role and you finish it off that way. Yeah. Leave that or new outbreak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite right. So, so but you just go back to your zombies. roots. Yeah. Zombies are getting a virus to become new zombies. You've got to stop it. <laughs> I guarantee, I actually think that the end boss fight of Resident Evil 7 will be something like the end of the Matrix Revolutions. Except like, Chris will get in a cloning machine and they have like a hundred of his clones fighting a hundred of Wesker's clones. And it'll just be like, a clusterfuck. Chris, yeah. Leon by himself is already better than Kratos. He can do it. Yeah, well, then at the end, when all the Chris clones have been defeated, you know, Leon will just suddenly uh, appear, you know, float, <laughs> floating in the sky and he'll start hurling fireballs at all the time. And yeah, Roundhouse kicking. That's it. It will basically be Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But why, why Wesker clones? Why not just the Wesker family clones? Because that's all they are. Let's face it. They're probably all inbred anyway. So <laughs> Spencer will come back in a wheelchair. Based on the dialogue of early Resident Evil games, they're probably all inbred, to be honest. But... <laughs> yeah, awesome. there's something not right. Yeah, but yeah. So there's that, and one more game I've been playing is a game called Torin. Um, which I'll be writing for in a little bit here, probably today. Oh, cool. Time, so stay tuned for that. I can't talk about the game because it's already out, so... Yeah, I've heard mixed things yeah. so far. Yeah, um, I... I it, it's a little weird, like... it. It's beautiful, graphically, in my opinion, Um, and the music is great, but, like, the story is incredibly hard to follow, but uh, I, I actually was able to follow it quite well, uh, so I actually enjoyed the way they presented the story. I know a lot of people won't even understand what happened in that game um, because it is quite quite difficult to follow. But uh, it, I, I enjoyed it to a point. I think the price for it is definitely better than the price for what was it? Um, Titan Souls is, especially yeah. for the length of that game. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, stay tuned for my review. It's it, it, it's an enjoyable game in my opinion. Cool. Please. Cheers for that, Gary. Um, yeah. Ben, uh, we probably have to start wrapping up soon. So, just sort of uh, br- uh, briefly, what games have you been playing? And then I'll tidy, then I'll finish off. Uh, I've been playing some Pharmacy Eleven again because they have a sale, and I thought I'd go back to my roots on that old game. Uh, I've been playing, of course, one of the greatest games ever made in the history of games. Goat Simulator. Comic three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Goat Simulator. The new Goat Simulator experience expansion pack, Goat Z which is a survival horror zombie goat simulator. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> Basically, you play a zombie goat and you've got to survive as long as you can from other zombies. 
You can even turn everything into zombies. There you go. That's how Wolfenstein should have gone, basically, in the second half. You can turn Good. elephants into zombies and then watch them rampage around the whole city. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, apart from that, Warframe. I spent some more money on that game already. <laughs> <laughs> how much is time? I spent about, uh, I think it was £22. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'll let you um, off. So, yeah. <laughs> That's just this week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah I must have spent about five, 400, 500 quid on that game. Yeah, I'm guilty of that on War Thunder too. <laughs> I know the next next time I spend, I'll spend like 50 odd quid will be in about a month and a half when the new Prime Access gets announced because I always buy those. Those oh, happen okay. like every three months. Uh-huh. They're about 40 quid. And every three months you get some exclusive items. And 90 days of double XP and double credits. So that ties oh, you on it's... till the next three months. <laughs> and then you start there going, ah, where's the next one? I want it. <laughs> Why can't oh. I give you my money? <laughs> You're getting addicted. <laughs> Warframe is Ben's crack. <laughs> <laughs> I want to spend all my monies. Why won't you take it? <laughs> Try and save something. <laughs> anyway. There's bound to, to be a lot of games you'll want later this year. Oh, yeah. Well, especially June. June's ridiculous. Yeah. And by the time you'll be hearing this, because it's the future, but right now it's the past. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it the present? (laughs) But it'll be the past of the person listening to this, but he'll be listening in the future. How do we know? What if they've gone back in time to listen to it what time we were recording it? They're they're wizards. They are wizards. (laughs) I'll probably be playing a farming simulator 15. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. You're Which coming. has an awesome collector's edition. I want that collector's edition, but I don't know how you get it. I know it's just a picnic basket with yeah, white <laughs> and cheese. And <laughs> what are you serious? serious. Yeah, seriously, it's yeah. a picnic basket. Yeah, you get a bottle of uh, like wine. It's all custom as well because it all has farming stimulator 2015 on them. So is it real cheese and stuff? Yeah, it's real cheese. It's real. Oh wine. my god. <laughs> Proper picnic basket. Oh, brilliant! Um, and I want it. <laughs> I want that classic edition. Oh. There you go. I'm posting it in the uh, chat. In a sec, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how you get it though. There you go. <laughs> nice one, Neil. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because obviously the, the pictures are great for uh, a visual medium like a podcast. Let me. Uh... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to describe it as well. You know, so. yeah, let's no, describe no. this amazing f- photo that's uh, popped up in my thing. Uh, so it's a wonderful, um, you know, faux uh, wooden crate box with uh, lovely kind of f- f- packing in the bottom with a, a 2012 farming simulator red wine, um, a what looks like some camembert, uh, mm. some marmalade chutney of some kind. Um, like that, yeah. Uh, and uh, what's that? I think it's a canned ham, isn't it? Canned ham, wow. Uh, And a copy of the game. (laughs) And there's there's like like an art book or something at the back as well. Or a guide or something like that, yeah. Uh, And possibly what looks like a leaflet to become a farmer yourself. And (laughs) a a cowl eraser with the farming simulator. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like a keychain or an eraser or something. Yeah. Yeah. I want that collector's edition. I just don't know how you get it. I want that fucking wine. I want to. I want to do yeah. like a taste test with the wine and get like a tasting notes for farming simulator branded wine. And then um, we could just do like a series of wines but based why on. Why are we getting the 2012 wine with the 2015 game? Oh, chili, chili, 
chili. Oh. Do you know nothing about wine? Do you know that <laughs> wine has to age for uh, a yeah, taste of beer? You know? Especially video, video game themed wines. Yeah, <laughs> cheap ass <laughs> video game themed wine, which probably won't last very long if you just cut the 2015 one and try to let it age for like 10 years, something like that will turn to They, they probably bought it from Aldi and just slapped the label on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the factors look so detailed in this game. It is. <laughs> I really I'm can't wait for this so much. Uh, does yeah, farming run at six frames per second? That's the most important question. No, but it does have co-op. <laughs> Excellent. Sixteen players last I knew. Sixteen. This game is going to have best let's play videos ever. <laughs> People oh, just yeah. messing each other up and digging around. It's going to be great. This game. So, in fact, it comes out the same day as The Witcher, and I'm skipping The Witcher for this. <laughs> so they're, re- they're really popular in Europe. These games are farming simulator. I think yeah, the last one sold like a million or something. Germany in particular. Pool of Eyes is going to be buying it as well. Your what? My mate on Twitter, Pool of Eyes. Oh be- right, <laughs> I wonder what the hell you said there. Yeah, you, he said Pool with Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that all the games you've been playing, Ben? If we steer uh, back, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll wrap up. I've been. I won't waste time talking much of it so i've been on mostly just been on war thunder again just playing low level tier fighting because i enjoy it much more it's not just boom and you're dead you have to actually dog fight which i like more uh, i've been on destiny because they got some new stuff on there finally and uh, ahead of um uh house of wolves so i've been doing some new bounties and uh i think pretty much that's been it i'm, just, I'm sure there was another game i've been on Oh, of course, yes. I've been on Life is Strange episode three, which I will be ah, reviewing, cool. but that's not, yeah, that's not actually out yet, so I can't no. talk about it. It's out on Tuesday and Wednesday, I think, for US and UK, respectively. I found uh, the last one came out on Tuesday as well, in episode two. Yeah? If you search for it, you could actually get it. I found it, I got it the day before, because when I booted it up, because I was showing my mate it. All right. It was actually downloadable in the game, like a day earlier than the store update. Oh, right, sweet. So top PSU top tip, check the day before to see if it's up there. Yeah, yeah. I love Life is Strange. It's amazing. Oh, you like it, do you? Good, I'm glad. Yeah, I, remember. I went to that event last year for it. Oh, of course, yeah. No, I, I like it as well. I really like it as well. I'm glad, I'm glad I've got another fan here. I, I, well, Ben, you will love... I, I mean, I so I can't talk about this, but I'll just say you, you should love this episode. I mean, seriously, things really do change a lot in this episode. I'll leave it there and I'll talk more... I'll go into a bit more detail on the next podcast, but yeah, this, is, this was wow. Well, <laughs> I got a bad, epi- bad ending for the last episode, so... <gasps> yeah, me too, me too, yeah. What you mean with the girl um, doing that? No, said anymore, because... Um, oh, I'm not, I'm not... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the last episode I got the bad ending, so... Yeah. You, you guys suck at making decisions, don't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, no, I thought I was doing really, really well with it, and then yeah. some, for some reason it went bad all of a sudden. Yeah. That <laughs> I'm like pretty much... sticking with you guys during the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like pretty much every decision in Game of Thrones. It's just like, it's like there is no good decision, is there? I learned from that game that I'm not a good teenage girl, which luckily... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> Well, so far, I found I'm quite the teenage girl. <laughs> but I don't know if that's a good help, thing. Though, that I stream the episodes, and then I have the people in the chat decide. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so you make erratic, irrational decisions. You sound like a perfect teenage girl, then. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have a translator next to me so I know what they're saying. Half <laughs> the time, because I'm, I'm an old git. <laughs> what is a cheeky Nando's? What does she want? <laughs> What the hell does hella mean? <laughs> hey, you're not that much older than me. 
No, I know. I'm only joking, but yeah, they, they, they've got their own language though. That's what I like about it. It seems really, really authentic because that's how people talk. I've heard them. I've heard them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, I've heard them. When I saw people going, oh, bro, teenagers don't talk like that. Okay, you've never met a teenager. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they do. They, they do. Really... Yeah, I've heard it on the bus, on the train, or just walking in the street. I've heard them talking on their phones. They do talk like that. They've got their own lingo. Man, yeah. It sounds like Mike's been stalking teenagers. On the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no for research purposes sure. yes <laughs> no i travel a lot so i'm always around lots of people unfortunately it's kind of you can't avoid them sadly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um yeah really good episode that is so yeah definitely get that um right we should probably wrap up now because it's half past nine here and i need to get my beauty sleep <laughs> not really we've actually come to the end of the podcast anyway so yeah um well, I'm just trying to think what we normally do. Oh, yes. Contacts, contacts, contacts. Um, well, email to read out as well, remember? Don't worry, I haven't forgotten. I'm going to do that. Yeah. He's going to finish uh, on a high. Yeah, on a high, yes. Um, if you want to contact me, guys, you can contact me at mike.harrodance at psu.com or you can email the podcast team in general at podcast at psu.com. Um, Rob, are you uh, interested in getting some Twitter followers? If you can, if you want to, you can read out your contact details. Yeah, sure. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, at Rob Thez, uh, Romeo Oscar Bravo, Tango Hotel Echo Zulu, uh, R-O-B-T-H-E-Z, Rob the Z, if you wish. Um, you can hear my hot takes on Super Sentai and Kamen Rider and Power Rangers uh, <laughs> taking the piss out of everyone's favourite hate mob hashtag as well, um, which we won't, I guess, say the name of specifically on here. Um, <laughs> and general, just, just uh, uh, me sometimes posting cool food photos. And not like, you know, just Instagram Nando's. I'm talking about like <laughs> I made bagels last week and they were pretty cool. Um, but in general, just some fun stuff. And I think I'm funny, maybe. Who knows? Um, <laughs> And some dumb pictures. Yeah, so that's Rob Thez again. You can contact that. And also, if you want to read my stuff, I write for Linux User and Developer Magazine. Uh, it's mostly very techy. Um, I do try and bring a bit of you know lightheartedness to it, and uh, we do some really cool Raspberry Pi stuff in there. So if you you know if you've got a Raspberry Pi and you're thinking of cool things to do with it, or whether yourself or with your kid, uh, we have lots of really cool stuff with robots and um, you know uh, projects with cameras and program. We did like a Minecraft console in the next one, so you can make a console. That plays Minecraft using a Raspberry Pi. So um, yeah, that, that, that's me. Awesome, man! Cheers for that. Um, ben, how about you? Uh, you can stalk me at chili underscore uk. Ben dot hall at psu dot com. Chili on psn. Chili on neogath. Um, at your house. <laughs> oh yeah, don't forget that. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Um, Gary, how can people contact KGB? <laughs> <laughs> You can reach me on Twitter at Gagwaush, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H, or you can reach me on my PSU email at Gary, that's G-A-R-R-I at PSU.com, or you can contact the KGB and your, never, <laughs> your family will never see you again. <laughs> and uh, to contact the KGB, you just say a couple of um, specific keywords while on the phone, that's correct, yeah? Yes, yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. Please be excited. <laughs> no, I thought it was believing Gary. <laughs> yes, believing Gary. Yeah. Um, Neil, how about you, buddy? You can waste the ever decreasing seconds of your life uh, by following me on Twitter at Nesko. It's N E double Z K O. Um, you can find me on that whole PSN at Son of Venom, or lowercase, all one word. Or you can find me at the email of neil.bolt at psu.com. 
it's weird. Oh, yeah, I just realized. Um, I never read out my PSN thing. I always forget. My, if you want to add me to PSN, which many of you have, thank you very much, by the way, uh, you can add me at Billy underscore Cohen 84. That's capital B and capital C. Billy Cohen as in the Resident Evil Zero character, who no one seems to like but me. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> um, guys, that's been episode 75, but we aren't finished just yet because we do have an email to read out. I actually did forget and just managed to recover there. And now you haven't. Yeah, sure, Ben, what's up? Can I just say it quickly? Um, Rembi can still enter that competition. Yeah, sure. I'm running until next week. Uh, who is the protagonist that returns from Black Ops 1 into Black Ops 2? Uh, we've had two entries so far for this Kletzer edition of Black Ops 2. Two whole entries. Woo! <laughs> Lots of competition then. So is is, is the answer, answer Crash Bandicoot? <laughs> <laughs> Give him the prize. You win it automatic. Nah. Uh, <laughs> ben. at psu. dot com, uh, and you'll have a chance to win a collector edition of Black Ops Two for the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Nice, awesome. Thanks for that, Ben. Entry ends next week. Next week, cool. Um, right. Well, as I said, uh, we do have to. Uh, we do end on the high. We have an email to read out. A really nice email, actually, from one Thomas Gargan. Uh, I wasn't actually on last week, so I missed an, um, So Ben dealt with this, but uh, he listened to the podcast last week. He says, uh, "Well, I read the whole thing out." He says, uh, "Sorry about the email. My browser is messing up for some reason. I just listened to this week's podcast and heard you shout me out. That was very cool of you. I'm actually interested in starting a podcast on my own, and if I do, I will give you guys loads of shout outs and will recommend people to your website. You guys are inspiring to me. Keep up the great shows. Thank you again. Well, thank." you tom that was awesome to hear probably our the first email we've had um i can't even remember the last time we had an email <laughs> and not only that but it was very very positive as well so that's really cool to hear thank you very very much and we hope you enjoyed this show and you we hope you also listen to future shows as well uh ben uh thanks for giving him a shout out was it you i guess yeah who did it, was, it? it yeah. was amazing Cool, uh, cool, I, cool. I can't remember much about last week's podcast because it was, it was, it was, it was a thing that happened. That's for certain. Well, well, you will well, get pissed or something. You can't. No, it was me and Ben. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. me and Neil. We oh, the two-man show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, we invented a new game again. Again. Oh, okay. We invented Streets of Rage meets Resident Evil. Oh wow! We thought, you know what? Imagine um, Streets of Rage, but with Resident Evil characters and the thugs just being zombies. Then have like Nemesis or Wesker as the f- stage bosses. That would work really well. And I got really, really sad because it's not a thing. Yeah. Kickstarter, <laughs> yeah. make it happen. And then the podcast we did before, we invented what was it? That driving home simulator. <laughs> yeah, driving home from your day you jobs, day you jobs. Yeah, <laughs> truck driver that's got to drive home from his, you know. So that, that works just in normal car as well. Like uh, when I was particularly stressed while I used to drive home from my old job, um, it would be like a point where, yeah, today I'm a, I'm a race car driver. Yeah, but we balance it with the fact that you've got to get home for the, before the food gets cold, but at the same time you've got a food meter, so you've got to make quick stops to eat. Isn't there already a truck simulator or something weird? There is, like but that? it's nowhere near this innovative. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, this God. What other, what, other, what other simulator games are there? I'm sure there's more. I think there's, there's boats in there or something, isn't there, or something crazy like well, that? The latest I saw was bread alcoholic. Sim- <laughs> alcoholic. <laughs> bread simulator is amazing, though. I love bread simulator. Isn't that Iron Toast or something? Yeah, Iron Bread. Toast, yeah. Iron Bread. Yeah. You, you can climb walls with bread. You know what they need to make? A, a working out simulator. I'd buy it. <laughs> Pumping really, iron simulator. It it's not we fit, dude. We fit. <laughs> we are, yeah, yeah. GTA San Andreas had that, too. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but um, it could be more hardcore. There's the one I call it, I'm, I'm a rock simulator where you play a, a rock. Oh, I'm a rock. rock. Yeah. Just a rock. Watch it. You see rock. the vast yeah. expanse of time as it goes past you, unable to uh, <laughs> do any events around you. I think at one point someone can pick you up and put you in a pocket and then walk off. Yeah. And then you just see the inside of a pocket. Wow. wow. Which leads on to Pocket Simulator. Yeah. Pro- procedurally generated pockets. <laughs> Ooh, there's oh, there's a lint in this simulator one. Simulator where you're a guy sat on a PC watching a simulator. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, um, we probably... <laughs> uh, we on that obscure note... Yeah, just sorry, sorry, Gary. Go for it, man. Um, I was just going to say... Um... I, I don't think we've let anybody know. We are on Instagram now. Um, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, we said so, we got last week. If you want uh, to see random pictures from PSU that we just throw out there, follow us on Instagram at PSU.com. It's one whole word, P-S-U-D-O-T-C-O-M. I will flex if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> and we will post that picture. <laughs> just just your bicep. There'll be no there'll be no filter on that either. No. <laughs> Make a competition where we'll just take pictures of everybody's bicep on staff and you have to guess who it is. And I get the muscle suit out again. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, uh that's been that's on a very funny, enjoyable note. That's been episode seventy five, guys. Uh thank you for joining me again. We haven't done a five man podcast in a while. And um Rob, um special thanks to you. It's been way too long. Not only having you on a podcast, but I haven't spoken to you in a while, so it's been good uh, to speak to you again, man. I uh, really enjoyed that. I see you too. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, we hope to get you on the um podcast again in the near future if you if you're up for it guys oh, definitely sure yeah yeah great man um gary good to have you on again it's been a while i'm um, nice to talk to you uh neil it's pleasure neil it's a pleasure as always and obviously ben good to have you here again and uh hopefully uh we will be back again this time next week uh i'm gonna end it a little different today this might fall flat on its ass but i'll try <laughs> um rob uh say something to close out the podcast it can be anything uh whatever you want uh that's been episode 75 guys i'll leave it up to rob now senpai has noticed you and there we go see you later guys <laughs>